Welcome to your bonus episode of Pelly Talks Golf this week, presented by Seed Golf Balls at SeedGolf.com. Premium golf balls, half the price. It's a no-brainer. Let me know what you think about them. There's also some super other products there. Bags especially coming along soon. Keep an eye out. Drew's Golf Apparel is also sponsor of the show. They are legends and their new wardrobe is doubly as legendy. Is that even a word? So yeah, check them out. This week's episode is, I think it's like a year in the making. A good friend of mine, David Clancy, has his own podcast. I've mentioned it before on this on this podcast. I'm saying podcast a lot. Uh, sleepy Perform Repeat, uh, physiotherapist, elite basketball player in his day and still is, still plays, still plays like whatever it is in Dublin, like top division, division 1A, but yeah, really good conversation, good conversation about what we want to bring to you, the golfers of Ireland and those who would like to get a bit of extra value on our return to golf. So yeah, thanks for pressing play. Roll it there, Roshin. Enjoy it, folks. You you ready to tee it up then? Yeah, go far away. Lovely. Do you like the way I'm going to start the podcast these days with that line? You ready to tee it up? <laughs> I think it's a great line. Yeah, it's very appropriate, isn't it, for a golf podcast, Paddy? Yeah, it's quite. I'm pretty good with the names, and I try not to be too corny either. David Clancy, welcome to the show. Hori <laughs> <laughs> Glinch, thanks very much for having me. Looking forward to having a chat, my friend. We know each other. How long do we know each other, David? Like two two and a half years. Yeah, about two and a half years. Yeah, you dropped into a clinic for a mobility class on a random evening during the week, and we kind of connected off after that, randomly enough. Yeah, well, you know, people who are from around the Shannon generally have the same outlook on life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, there's a fellow with an accent somewhat similar to mine. Better better see what he's all about. He doesn't belong in Sandyford. What's he doing here? <laughs> he's definitely out of place, isn't he? Absolutely. Um David Clancy, what do you do? I suppose I do a lot of different things. I'm, well, I'm a dad. Yeah, that's the most challenging part of it all. I've got two kids. I'm a physio, uh, physiotherapist for about 12 to 13 years now. But over the last couple of years, since I moved back from London, I've kind of ranged out. And now I do a couple of different things from consultancy with a couple of basketball teams in the States to hosting a podcast and to doing some mentoring, and then I also run a corporate well-being company. So lots of different hats at the moment. Lots of different hats. And I suppose this this podcast has been like a year and a bit in the making, but we wanted to do something together that was, I suppose, of value, right? That was like applicable for for golfers in Ireland and, and wider, right? In terms of, I suppose, sharing what, like you're a, experience in terms of what you do both from a medical physiotherapist side but also from a a well-being building better habits side i think we'll get into that in a minute but i just want to give everybody context about what you're about (laughs) right because um i suppose golfers will listen to people of experience right so the first people will be asking what's a basketballer telling us what to do we we play golf right so 
field herpes, yes, but you played basketball for Ireland, right? That's right, yeah. So walk us through my, my earliest, my, generally my first question is what's your earliest memory of golf? So maybe we'll start with that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so my earliest memory of golf would be actually a dare in Limerick. Not the not, really, not a bad spot. <laughs> not that a dare, the other a dare. So the, the little sister, dare. The sister of that course. My dad used to bring me out there on a Saturday morning back in the day when I was 14, 15, 16. So yeah, at the time I was playing basketball, pretty high level. For the Irish team, I was also playing a bit of soccer. Um, and yeah, he used to bring me out there because he always loved golf. He got into it a little bit late, but he brought me out there. And I probably played the guts of five or six rounds, maybe. Not a lot. But I used to go to the range a little bit with him. And he used to try to get me into it a little bit at that time. Ended up kind of parking it then when I went to college, um, just because yeah, I stuck with the basketball. But that, yeah, that's my first memory, really. And that's, you know, that's 20 years ago. Um, and I've always kind of thought back to it. And it was, why did I not do more of it? Because I remember at the time, I really did enjoy just the quality time of getting out there with my dad at that age. I did enjoy it a lot. I think you're the stereotype of people who are getting into golf, especially in the last like 18 months to two years. Like pre-pandemic, there was a bit of a, a golf boom for like 25 to 35 year olds. I'm not going to put an age in you either. We'll say we're the same age, right? <laughs> um, but like definitely during and post-pandemic, like you're the stereotype type of, oh, was introduced to the game when I was a teenager, um, excelled at another sport or went into business or started a life and you're kind of coming back to it now. So that's why I'm enjoying having you on the podcast because you're, you're, you're someone who looks at golf in a completely different way to me, perhaps, or right. to people listening. But maybe walk us through like that journey in basketball and then how you go into physiotherapy and then uh, working in London and why you came back to Ireland. Like skim your resume, maybe. <laughs> really yeah, so, yeah, I, well, I, I spent a couple of years in Canada when I was a kid. So when I was nine, because of my dad had an opportunity for work, moved to Montreal. So he uprooted myself and my sister and we went to Canada and spent three and a half years in Canada. So from nine years of age, formative years, you know, so I was there even for a little bit of high school, living in Montreal, trying to learn French, but that culturally had a huge impact on me and our family because it brought basketball into my life. It brought ice hockey into my life. It brought baseball into my life. It brought different language, different people, and it probably had a huge impact on, on, on me, on, on my sister, on my mother at that age. And, th and then I, I started playing there. You know, Irish guy, never really played basketball, started playing in Canada, was doing okay at it. And so then when I came back, when my dad came back, back to the company he had worked for, 13 years of age I am now, I was much better than a lot of... Uh, the people maybe at my age of basketball because I'd had the exposure playing with older kids in Canada, right? Where it was really competitive. And so that that's what I focused on. I just started playing basketball with a team in Limerick. And uh, yeah, where physio came into it, like, yeah, I made an Irish team, made some regional teams, um, definitely was the sport for me and my sister. The two of us played for Ireland. She was better than me as a player. Um, I was getting injured a little bit, you know? I was developing a tendon problem. I didn't know much about what that was. I had, you know, ankle sprains. I'd broken my wrist. I'd hurt my shoulder. So like over four or five years, I was 
going to physio and I was sitting out games and I would have thought I was still quite robust, but I was, you know, I was tall and I was skinny and didn't really understand preventative care or strength and conditioning. Only kind of got into it maybe when I was 16 or 17. And I had probably gotten exposure at that age then to what it was like being injured, how much that can affect you mentally, um, emotionally, when you can't play, what's that like? And that's probably where it started, because if I'm thinking 14, 15, I liked journalism, I liked writing and things like that. Um, I liked debating, I liked public speaking, but I probably gravitated towards wanting to understand the body more um, and how to understand physically how to develop someone and understand injury and anatomy and science because I was going through it myself and it was affecting my ability to perform well on the court. Um, so rolled forward, spent a couple of years in Carlo, a couple of years in, in England, came back then from England wanting to travel a bit, did a master's in sports medicine in Trinity because that was the area I wanted to go into. I knew I wanted to specialize and treat people better maybe than I felt I had been treated at a young age, you know, and explore it and make more of an impact. And uh, look, in London, where I came across golf was, I ended up treating some professional players, right? And treat a lot of amateur golfers, treat a lot of investment bankers and architects who played golf regularly. So I would, I ended up befriending them and go to the range with them or go to their club with them and working with pros as well. Um, I got a lot of exposure as to what makes a high performing golfer. And that really resonated with me at the time and took me back to even the sport I dipped my toe into when I was 15, you know. Kutsia. What did Kutsia. you do for him? Yeah, Kutsia is a funny guy. George Kutsia, South African, a lot of crack with him. He was uh he came in um through a connection and he had broken his foot surfing, right? Uh he was mad into surfing, loved to surf. And yeah, broke his foot, huge, you know, in a boot, um, couldn't walk, no mobility. Um, so yeah, he was with me for a while and I was working on just getting his ankle back working well. Um, but we connected, you know, we got on well with him. I speaking to him about South Africa, the fact that I was been I'd been there for the Lions tour, um, that probably helped because kind of he felt he could open up a little bit, built a nice rapport and like so people understand I would have been spending two and a half to three hours with him every day, you know, five days a week, um, even on an occasional Saturday for for over a month. So like very intensive work, a lot of hands-on, a lot of supervised rehab, but I really got an understanding as to what, what he needed to get back to, you know, and I was studying his game and watching him move and watching his video and, okay, that's how you're weight-bearing and this is what we need to get back to. And I had a much greater appreciation even at that time for, for his technical expertise, his ability, because maybe when you look at someone like that physically, you straight away have an assumption that ah, he doesn't really, he's not McElroy, is he? But he's supremely gifted athlete in his own right. Yeah, I think people like that, you look at them and you're like, oh, they're like trudging along and probably mightn't have the best... Um, habits right which we'll get into yeah. but they do and they're hyper mobile like Shane Lowry is hyper mobile you know I think he's the most yeah. like mobile person on tour right <laughs> if you ever watch yeah. one of the workouts he does with Robbie Cannon um yeah. you know the guy's well able to to shift gears okay yeah. um you spent some time in New Zealand 
And I suppose that found the basis of the naming of your well-being companies. Let's get into Haora for a second. Yeah. yeah. Where, did, where did that come from? Yeah. So I've been to New Zealand three times. Um, love it. I was there once on a honeymoon and I was only there for like three weeks. Honeymoon, Jesus, yeah. Jesus. Um, I could, I, we knew after a week, we spent a couple of days in Wanaka and we were like, oh, yeah, right. we, we could, we could live here forever. Like yeah. we knew we we're like, yeah, when we've, when we're financially, what's it, when we're, when we have financial freedom, so like when we're 97, uh, <laughs> we're, uh-huh. we're moving here. It's unbelievable country. Yeah. Yeah. Lake Wakatipu, Queenstown, skiing, the remarkables. I, I was there in 05 with a good friend, Steve Tobin from Cork, went on the Lions tour backpacking for six weeks. Great time. O'Driscoll pop out his shoulder. It was that time. Went back in 08 on my own. Um, did a bit of work in, in everything from, uh, you know, I wasn't fully qualified at the time as a physio. It was it was my second year studying in England at the time. And I was working in pubs, um, clubs. I did that in my summer to get a little bit of money. But I explored the place, you know, really got a great sense. Spent a lot of time in Wellington in particular. And, and actually went back in 2011 with my dad and one of my best friends from Limerick for, for the World Cup, um, which Ireland did terribly at. Uh, also in Wellington, lost to the Welsh. But what that gave me, I suppose I always gravitated towards New Zealand. Can't tell you why, like, oh, five, three times, spent a lot of time there, spent a summer there on my own. I just love the people. I love the country. I love the sense of calm, sense of openness, sense of community. Saw a lot of uh, similarities with us, to be honest. Massive, yeah. And, and so Hawar, where that came about, I was there in, in 08 and came across a philosophy in the Northern Ireland when I was speaking to someone. And uh, I remember him telling me about this philosophy that what he did with his students in primary school when he was trying to embed healthier habits with them and work on elements of well-being. And, and like I was, I was not even a physio at the time. I had no understanding as to what well-being was, but it stuck with me even to this day. And he talked to me about Hawar that was this, this sort of philosophy about building a house of four walls, as it were, so that if you worked on each of those walls individually, you'd have a really strong foundation, um, be that physical, mental, social, spiritual, or occupational. And it kind of stuck with me. So then, you know, two years ago when we're founding a company, I, I remembered back to that time, you know, a long time ago and kind of went, I'd love to call a company in Ireland that focuses on developing people holistically and um, whole person-wise. Hawara, I think it stuck with me. So that's where I came from. Yeah, people still can't pronounce it. People still can't spell it. But uh, it's a bit more memorable, I suppose, for that reason. Yeah, I, I struggled at the start, but then I remembered Kiora and it's like Hawara. <laughs> So it's easy go. for me now. Like so. the juice. Like the juice. <laughs> exactly. Um, so what do you, what does Haora do? We work with the corporate sector predominantly, but also athlete populations, high-performing organizations to embed cultural change, look at change management, try to oversee health and well-being programs from setting them up to facilitating managing a program, to maybe helping a company get accredited for something like the Keep Well Mark with IBEC. So, you know, we could work with a company doing a workshop from 
one hour based on mobility and stress relieving practices right the way through to the other end of the spectrum when we're overseeing a three-year built bespoke program founded on regular consistent micro interventions into each pillar of well-being so it's uh it's broad encompassing but it's very much trying to get people to understand individually that healthy behavior is really important to be able to perform and be productive so since meeting you i don't know if you were the catalyst for it but i think me being like a hyper results not results based but it's not it's not pressure but i like to call it premiership pressure like in terms of i'm in a sales environment right and we're we're always looking for like to be like high performing high performing and that kind of uh, me starting that company um, the big blue cloud some people might want to google it uh, <laughs> and if you look at me on linkedin you know where i work anyway so <laughs> there but um yeah, I was always looking from a business sense or a sales sense how I can get better, right? And then through my own podcast and listening to yours and other people's and I actually picked up a book and read it for the first time since Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings when I was 10. Um, but it's not like self-help. It's how can I, how can I as a salesperson and also as like as a person and also like in golf, like get better. And it's this. It's not like you need different habits for different aspects of your life. Is what I've learned is like, if you can build a foundation, i.e., build that house under those fundamentals, then it yeah. can be applicable in every walk of life that you're in, right? Yeah. Whether it's my nine to five or my ten past six tea time later on today, mm-hmm. or with my daughter, or my son, or whatever, right? And especially in work, it's been really applicable in work, in terms of compartmentalizing and really just helping me focusing on what's important. To, to to achieve right lots of priority and you and i talk a lot about you know we should do this for the golfers we should do this for the golf clubs of ireland so in line with um today right we were recording this yesterday <laughs> but today friday uh it's we thought it would be a nice idea to like to initiate something together because we talk about it a lot so let's let's just do it let's execute so fair play to you you, you pulled the trigger and you, you told me to get my ass in gear right yeah yeah so let's talk about what we're going to try and create for, yeah. for free yeah. for people to engage over the next couple of weeks, triggering today for like workplace well-being day in Ireland. Yeah? yeah. Yeah. So what's the plan, Clancy? Well, firstly, fair play to you, Paddy, for finally jumping on the ship. I've been prodding you for a while. But um, I always <laughs> declare to me, you know, uh, risk, yeah. risk averse. That's why you haven't won in all Ireland since 2013. There you go. <laughs> risk averse. Yeah, yeah. Always knew you had a bit about you. So, um, yeah, like I think the biggest thing is if people can understand golfers, if they can understand to be present at the time, so focused on what they're trying to do. And in order to set a golfer up to be good on the course, to be able to perform well, to be able to shoot the round they want to shoot, not be overly stressed or worried about it, they need to set themselves up for success, give themselves the best opportunity so when I'm working with golfers clinically, I actually saw a golfer last week with a shoulder problem. Um, he just wants to be able to play his round without picking up niggles and injuries and tweaking his back and tweaking his shoulder, which is what he did. So what's important for him is longevity, is preventative care, is performance support, is understanding a little bit more about what are the small things he can bring into his practice or his routine that aren't 
going to change the world and aren't going to require loads of time, but really will give him some nice compound interest and will get him to be able to play consistently, which is all he wants to do. And I can think of countless examples of guys like that. So Paddy, like we wanted to, we want to roll out something with clubs and societies. It's not what we're saying for free, just giving it out to help golfers at any age, be that a senior, be it my dad, be it me, be it my sister, be it you, be it whoever, be it a pro, be it Gavin Moynihan, be it Shane Lowry, understanding a little bit more as to how you can look after yourself a little bit better. So what are the habits you should bring into your preparation, into your recovery, into your off days, into your days at the range, into the days when you're just chipping and putting? And that could be anything from understanding what's the best way to warm up really, like with evidence behind it that golfers do. So what does Brooks Kupka do? What does DJ do? What does Justin Thomas do? Well, why don't we take a little bit of that? Because they're doing it. They know what they're doing. Um, so what can we take from that? What can we take from the world of Titus Performance Institute and their practices in terms of mobility, injury prevention, building readiness and robustness? What can we take from that? What can we take from understanding how to be focused on what you're doing on the round, hitting that ball and not being worried and stressed about the previous shot, which was crap because it went into the water and you dropped a shot because that's so important. And that's why I find golf so compelling, the ability to just focus on that shot now. So there's loads of different elements there that I really think it's worth us exploring and creating um, information, creating awareness, creating tangible toolkits, as it were, so that a young, old, aspiring, professional, amateur, however, golfer can pick it up and it can just make a little bit of a difference to that person's game. Absolutely. Like one of my favorite books to pick up is Harvey Pennick's Little Book of Golf. Yeah, because yeah. you don't have to read have the it here. <laughs> you don't have to read the whole thing. You can pick up and read one story, which is half a page. And you can either take it away and try it. And it might be applicable or you can find the one that you know Actually, yeah, I need help in my rotation. So what does Harry Panic say? He says, oh, yeah, pretend that there's someone behind you and you have to turn around and shake hands with them, right? Because that, in effect, is the perfect rotational move for golf. There you go. That's the golf game fix for everybody listening. So that's what we're trying to do ourselves. Is like, it's not like you have to... Press pause, guys, and re-listen to that bit. That bit's key. (laughs) (laughs) What we're saying is you don't have to do absolutely everything that we're going to put out there. You can take one thing, go try it, because yes, if you did everything, you'd be the perfect golfer. But like, like me, if anyone's like me, right? <laughs> you have kids and you have a job and golf happens maybe on a Saturday and a Sunday, but there's things you can do Monday to Friday so that you're not crippled on a Sunday night, yeah. right? After yeah. two rounds of golf. Yeah, for sure. But that's just looking what we're going to do. Like after you treating me, I had that standard, I sit in a chair all day at work and I go to the range at lunchtime and then I get creaky and then, yeah, just kind of, Overtraining, under preparing, and overtraining is kind of what I yeah, was doing. Yeah, for right? sure. Um, and then, like, I was out for like five months, right? And like, and like Paddy, like, something. if we take you as the example, right, or the exemplar of the sort of population I think this is going to, I would be saying, Paddy, all we're going to work on is opening up your hip flexors a little bit. Yeah, that requires one stretch. That's not a lot. And we're going to work a little bit on your upper and mid back mobility. And that might be everything from a cat-cow, if people know about that from yoga or Pilates, maybe. And exactly, like what you said, thoracic rotation, reaching back for the handshake. If you work on those three things, it's not complicated. That's going to give you a much 
better platform to to drive the ball down that fairway to open up and hit the chip shot you know that you want but just to feel better and to not have so much so many niggles or tweak your back when you go back to work so finding those simple antidotes those simple preventative pieces that will will keep you keep you fit so that you can play on Saturday or Sunday morning when you're taking a taking a little bit of time for yourself absolutely so we're going to send it out on Aurora website, pettytalkscoff.com. There's this podcast here for people to reference. Um, and I'll throw it out on the timesheet so everyone can, who's not signed up to the timesheet on pettytalkscoff.com can please do so now. But we're going to cover it off under a couple of headings. So um, number one would be thought on building better habits. You know, so like we said there, three tips or five tips on how to prepare with and without the ball. Um deliberate practice or how to how number two would be like how to prepare for golf um ideally with a bulletproof body um my body is so wobbly now it's pretty bulletproof probably there'd be no organs hit with a bullet right now <laughs> there's enough there's enough insulation there to stop anything um number three is like mobility away from the course and it's not like you have to get into gyms from the open or spend an hour and a half a day it's literally um five minutes five minutes so like i have um a resistance band hanging on the spare room door because that's where I work now. And so every time I leave, I have to move the band. So I'm like, oh yeah, I'll do a few rotations there. And that's it. That's it. That's all you need to be doing. It's yeah. not It's not mega. Um, number the fourth pillar, strategies to relieve hip and back pain. And that's just, you know, if you if you have issues, maybe ring a doctor. Okay. We're in, <laughs> or feel free to reach out to David. Um and the Sleepy Perform P podcast has put out loads of good stuff there too. And breath work. And that's something that I have found is massive on the course, is breath work, right? When we're, we're all about golfing now. So I'll be brut- I'll be soaking it all in tonight for, for a fact. But like when I was in competition, and I'm not an elite golfer, right? But from speaking with elite golfers and speaking with the high-performance coaches, like it is a massive part of staying calm, being in the moment, mindfulness, so that you can just focus on executing. And it's, you just need to focus on where, where you're at. It's not like you have to sit down at the edge of the power five and take 10 minutes. It's literally just, just be more aware of, of what your body's doing and breathe, breathing in and out. It's these, it's, we do it without thinking, but it's actually, if you focus on it, it's massive for, for your mind and body. So yeah, like, yeah, can, you, can I just, can I add onto that for one minute? Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone listening to this, Paddy talk, yeah? 20,000 breaths a day. That's what we take. Multiply that by 365. Multiply that by your age. We've been breathing for a long time. If you don't breathe efficiently or understand mechanics of breathing, if you don't use your diaphragm, if you don't use your lungs properly, if you're just breathing through your upper upper back, that's not efficient. That's not healthy. You're going to develop patterns that aren't conducive to reducing your stress to improving your performance. So if you can understand what nasal breathing is, if you can understand, it's not about always taking a deep breath. If you can understand roughly how many breaths you should be taking in a minute, what is box breathing? If you understand box breathing, these sort of things. I, right? I learned about breathing properly and it's what the Dublin football team do is yeah. box breathing. And that's what got my wife through her C-section was me doing box breathing by her, by her head. <laughs> to get her through it so it's massive for keeping the body in uh in check and, and moving focus from maybe a certain amount of pain <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But, but absolutely yeah. so 
So yeah, this this is a bonus podcast this week. So get engaged with it. Get engaged with Mr. Clancy. Get engaged with his podcast, Sleep People Farm Repeat, if you haven't already. Before we go any further, David, remind us what Harora means. So it's a it's a Maori word, correct? Yeah, Maori word. But I, I'd like to say be well, be present, and be healthy. That's really what it means. It means about looking after yourself, you know, being being well, being present, being here, being where your feet are. On that, getting ready to tee it off. Um, so yeah, no, brilliant. It ties it nice with what David Carney was talking about a couple of weeks ago in terms of that's where his focus every day is, where his two feet land when he leaves the bed. You know, so yeah. really, really about being present. So that's what we're looking to do for golfers of Ireland or anybody who's listening here. So um, golf clubs of Ireland. I've hit it. I'm going, to, we're, we're, I'm going to hit up all your info addresses uh, today if you haven't got it already. So please do, if it's of value or of interest, reach out to Aura. Um, now, David, you might have thought that you wouldn't have been subjected to it because of our I mates. Did, I did not. I was not preparing for this part, but I think I know what's coming. But it's the it's the Paddy Talks Golf Quickfire Q&A. Are you ready, David Clancy? Here we are. Let's go. Let's do it. I'm ready. What is your walk on Sam? Enter Sandman, Metallica. Boom. That's that's. I, I don't know if that's been chosen before. Brock Lesnar, UFC back in the day. Love <laughs> it. Yeah. Get that little beat going. That's gonna. That's gonna get me in the zone. Jim or pizza? Ah, pizza. Pizza. Yeah. Ham and mushroom. Yeah, I agree because well, maybe not the mushroom part. I agree in the pizza part because life is all about living. So have the damn pizza. Yeah. Um, I go to the gym so I can have pizza. There you go. Hat visor or a Keelan Rafferty bucket hat. That's a hat, hat all day. Happy Gilmore or Tin Cup? Happy Gilmore. Le Hinch or Port Marnock? Le Hinch, because you keep telling me how amazing it is, so it's on the bucket list. Gotta go, gotta try it out. That's a biased question and, a, and, a, and an But I'm from that part of the world. I'm from around there, so. Yeah, that's like, that's not like a, a course question. That's a, that's a, a reading. That's geography. geography. Are you a culture or a townie question? Exactly, you get there it, you get it. Um, I love Port Marnock, but I, I love Lynch more. Walk or cart? Walk. Come on, mobility, fitness. You're talking to a physio here. Come on, walk. Win the Masters or win the Open? The Open. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. Play or practice? It has to be play, right? Probably doing too much practice. It needs to be more play. Let's go play. Absolutely. Every god if I speak to uh, who's elite or a professional tell me to go play. That's where you will learn the golf more and learn to deal with certain environments. Um, David Clancy, this is a bonus one, right? That you definitely haven't prepared for, right? If people could see your eyes right now, I'm going yeah. to enjoy this moment. I enjoy putting <laughs> people on the spot. Um, so you're after doing a, or a series of workshops with some golf clubs in Ireland, all around horror and building better habits uh, for their members. It could actually help with massive member retention. Maybe golf clubs can think about that. But you're going home to dinner, right? And it's David Clancy's dinner party. If you're at the top of the table and you can have six people at it, anybody you want, dead, alive, celebrity, sports, fiction, fantasy, family, you decide. Three people down each side of the table. Who is at David Clancy's dinner party? Dead or alive, six at my table. My granny, I miss my granny. My dad's, my dad's mom. She used to really look after me and make me a lot of breakfasts and fries when I come back from England. So, granny, you're there. Um, 
Who else? Someone from the Civil War, American Civil War, Stonewall Jackson. Love to chat to you a little bit, Stonewall, and all that, and Gettysburg, and understand a bit more about that. Um, I love to write, um, and my favourite author, Cormac McCarthy. That's three. Michael Jordan. Yeah, I want to talk to him about the Last Dance. Um, don't make it personal. Do not. Don't make it personal. <laughs> smoke a cigar with MJ, though. That'll work. Um, okay, doing well here, aren't we? I'm going to say my wife. Okay, that's that's important, isn't it? Um, that's one. And Paddy, you, Paddy, because it's a great question, and I think you're a bit of crack, and I think you'd lighten the mood when there's those moments between Stonewall and MJ. So, Paddy, you're at that table, my friend. I'd, I'd be good. I'd be ready with a dead joke, yeah, no problem. <laughs> there you go. What color is a fridge? Red. Okay, Monster what, red. What, what color is a fridge? What, come on, it's a dad joke. What color is a fridge? White. What do cows drink? Milk. No, water. I got you. I got you. You got me. <laughs> can you edit out the cursing, can you? <laughs> no, absolutely not. So that's, the type, there, that's the type of content I'll bring to that dinner table. <laughs> Yeah, can you imagine what's going to happen just at that dinner table now? Cormac McCarthy, MJ, Stonewall. Serious lads. We'll see how that goes. I'll get the giggle. Should be David, a crack. An absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Paddy, enjoy it. Thanks very much. Yeah, Looking forward to doing this, building this with you. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with David Clancy of Sleepy Perform Repeat Podcast and co-founder of How a Whole Person Wellbeing. Do check out the content we're releasing on our social media platforms, which is kind of an influencer thingy to say, but that's where it lives. And it's also available on www.horrorlife.com and www.pettytars.com. So loads of .coms for you today. But it's a bonus episode. It is National Workplace Wellbeing Day. So we thought it apt that we released this episode today. So thank you for listening. If you've thought it was of value, please let us know. Um, Golf Clubs of Ireland, you should have something resting in your email. Okay, so if you want to action something uh, with Howard, please do. But please do share that PDF with your members. It's all around building better habits for golf and for well-being and health and wellness and all those things golf is great for. So really leaning into that and helping us all just be a bit better at what we do in every walk of life. So yeah, a nice little bonus podcast there for you all. Happy Friday. If you are indeed listening to this on a Friday, it might be later on. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. Engage with what we're putting out there and let us know if it's of value. That's what's most important. Just want to help out. It is all free. All right. So yeah, leave a review of the podcast if you can. Tell a friend if you do enjoy it. Just tell them about it. Tell them it's happening. Help share the news that good conversations are happening on the week. But yeah, enjoy golf this weekend. Get out there, teed up, and just enjoy it. All right. I need to get ready for my tea time. Talk to you soon. Until we teed up again soon. I'm Paddy. Yeah.